They're brothers, yeah. One's fatter than the other, he is. Oh, he finds a rough man. The golf is tough. It's the Bros and Birdies podcast show. One is thinner. Yes, I am older brother. Ate my dinners. He loves a stat and an overpriced hat. It's the Bros and Birdies podcast show. But we're grinners. We are a golf and picks. We bring the winners. So spread the word. Let your good friends know. It's the Bros and Birdies podcast show. Welcome to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. It's episode 46, and we'll be previewing the Players' Championship, the so-called fifth major, and also we'll be previewing the DP World Tour, which is over in South Africa for the My Golf Life Open from Pekinwood Golf and Country Club. But before we get into it, let's hear from Big Bro and 19th Hole News. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news, it's the 19th hole news. Welcome everybody to episode 46 and your edition of 19th hole news on the PGA Tour at Arnold Palmer's place, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It was Scotty Scheffler, now ranked five in the world, that got his second win in 2022 with a score of five under. Well done, Scotty. Also on the PGA Tour in Puerto Rico, it was 35-year-old Michigan Aginigan, Ryan Brame, who won on 20 under with a six-shot win. Ryan is now ranked 282nd in the world, and that was a great win for him. On the LPGA Tour, it was the formidable South Korean Jin Young-ko, who won the HSBC World Championships. Well done, Jin. Also, on the DP World Tour, it was Ashun Wu, who's ranked 158th in the world, that won the magical Kenyan Open, and that was a brilliant win for Ashun. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the woo-woo win over the two tours, but it was a great win for him anyway. On the Challenge Tour, it was another young Dane who won in South Africa, ranked 398th in the world, only played 28 times in his career. It was Oliver Hunderball, who actually won in South Africa. Well done, Oliver. And finally, on the Asian Tour, it was American Siwan Kim, who won the International Series in Thailand. 26 under was a winning score, and that is your 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole news. And that was your 19th hole news delivered perfectly, as always, by the bigger, wider, less hairy on the top of his head. Brother, here he is, though. He's with us, as always, to go through the Players' Championship and the My Life Golf Open over in South Africa. Hello, bro. How are you? Hello, bro. How are you doing? You all right? Thanks for the uh, lovely intro yet again. Yeah. All, oh, always, well, you know, always just... based around bigger, isn't it? Which is actually quite yeah. true in every sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. you got a, an arse like um, Kim Kardashian <laughs> and head like Max Headroom. Uh... side. God rest his soul. Anyway, no, you know, I, I love you really. It doesn't matter what you look like, even though you do look. What's that? What was that character off the Goonies? You remember? Uh, sloth, apparently, wasn't it? Yeah, and obviously, you know, he's still you reeking in the. 
reaping in the rewards from your your performance on the undateables on TV. Everyone can catch it. Right <laughs> before we before we go in, I just want to bring you a poem written by Daniel Mark Ekstrom. It's called A Blessing for the Golfer. May morning scents be green and sweet. When ancient call, may your grip be gently firm and your eyes stay on the ball. May all your plays and may they travel far. May irons find a place to land that helps you make your par. May your wedge float high, then softly drop. May your chip the slope. May your putts locate that perfect break to always give you hope. And there you go. Blessing for the golfer to start off episode 46 of Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. Let's get into it. Let's talk about last week, shall we? Yeah, why don't we? Nice poem, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I didn't write it, but there you go. I'll send, I'll send messages to Dan if he's still alive. I'm not sure. But yeah, last week, eh? Um, what a what a tournament. We knew it was, it was going to be a great tournament, a great course, but whew, it was tough. It was tough. Certainly was tough. Woo, it was tough. Yeah, no, it was um, it was a tough one indeed. And yeah, what ups and downs. I mean, we've been calling for good finish tournaments for quite a while instead of this low scoring shenanigans that we generally have. And that's what we got last Shenan- week. With obviously, Scotty Scheffler winning on a score of five under. Um, hotly chased by, you know, the, a group at four under and three under and stuff. So, yeah, it, it could have gone either way, really. Scheffler dug it out. That's his second win on tour. Propels him into fifth in the world rankings, uh, which, you know, is a good performance. The guy's certainly going places, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And you said, he, you know, he held on. Obviously, there were challenges coming behind. Just a couple of quotes from a couple of the guys in behind. Victor Hovland came off the course really frustrated, feeling like he should have won the tournament, but let it escape. And I think he's probably right. And he said, especially when you get the wind swirling like it is, it becomes a guessing game, he says. He says, you can hit great shots, but sometimes they gust up into the water or they go through the wind and you're in the back bunker. Gary Woodland also nearly won the tournament after that great eagle um, late in his round. He said, I'm glad I'm off that course. I'm glad I'm done. That's where I'll start, he said. Asked for a comparison. He said he went back to the 2020 US Open. He said, this is as hard as I've seen it in a long time. Conditions were brutal, he said. The golf course is hard enough. And then you throw out the firm greens and the wind and not much grass. The ball was oscillating a little bit, and it's tough. He says probably maybe since wing foot. That's how tough it was. So, yeah, it's um, it's certainly um, got the better of some of these guys. It sure did. And, you know, to add to those quotes, Rory calling the setup crazy golf. Well, he certainly wasn't calling <laughs> it crazy golf after the first round on the Thursday. You know, 66 was... And, and listen, you know, we're, we're gutted about that performance from Rory over the weekend, naturally, because we had those tickets on at 100 to 1, you know, we had wire to wire, we had first round leader and win. And, you know, after the first round, you thought, crikey, I've got a great chance here. You know, he's, he's playing some good golf. And I think he, didn't he shoot a 72 or a 73 on the Friday, followed by 76, 76, you know, and it just obviously that there's something not quite right, maybe in the head in terms of closing tournaments out for Rory um, at this point present time certainly if you look back over the last six months uh, he's had a couple of blow-ups and you know he, he certainly got the talent to come back roaring 
this week at the players. But yeah, that was a quote from uh, Rory. But on the converse of that, obviously we had Ram saying he was okay with it. So you oh know, god, yeah, no, it's it's crazy, isn't it? What did Ram say um, not too long? Uh, you know, fucking putting contest and all that about yeah. a course, and then he's you know he's, he does say he likes a challenge, and that that sort of backs up. So he's not contradicting himself at all. He said he likes a challenge. That was a challenge. If he came out and complained about that, then you know he's in a whole world of trouble. But Rory, you know, after what I saw in up to this tournament, and especially on the day, he was putting so well, and then Friday he was putting like a drunk Colin Montgomery. It was just, it was, it was a nightmare. They weren't getting to the hole. They get into the hole. They were going eight foot past, yeah. and it was like, Jesus Christ! And to be fair, it wasn't just him. It has to be probably the worst, worst putting experience visually I've seen at a tournament for a long, long time. There were some atrocious putting for the likes of Gooch, Rory, Zalatoris. It was shocking. But was that because of the pin position setups and the speed of the green. And, you know, you know, if you put certain pin positions on greens where it's, you know, there's going to be tough runaways or fast patches and stuff then. But I, I think it, it was partly that, but I agree with you. Yeah. There was, there was some putting woes all round from a lot, a lot of, play, lot of, a lot of players, Scylla Black. A lot, a lot but... of, yeah, God, you were, you were channeling your inner Scylla Black there. <laughs> all I have. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he, what did Rory say? He said he felt punch drunk, and I did actually feel like punching him because I was a bit drunk. But um, no, yeah, absolutely. Graham, the middle ground, didn't he? He said, um, I think when chipping becomes so difficult in early levels of playing field, too much, he said. He said, I wasn't sure I loved it. I first saw it, but it's kind of growing on him a little bit. He kind of liked it, and I think he had a good week, didn't he? Players like Graham McDowell and um, Adam Scott and what have you quite well. Um, and we're not going to say too much you know, negative about the course after pocketing, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was a decent tournament. We had Corey Connors in the market without um, Fitzpatrick in the market without. Obviously, we had Ram outright. So um, they were close, going but on not for close us. enough. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get any returns last week, which is awful. However, we are still in a little bit of profit for the 2022 year, um, you know, given that we've played over 100 bets. So, yeah, you know, you can't be unhappy with being a little bit of profit. We'd be majorly no. happy if we were in loads of profit, but I'm pretty sure that will come. That will come. I know it will. Well, we should have had last week, really. There was some... Um... <laughs> That the whole um, last week at Matega Golf Course for the um, my golf the magical the magical the Kenyan magical Open. Kenya. Um, it was now what what hole was it? It was the yeah the par three thirteenth. Two players that I saw. There might have been more actually. Two players shot a nine on the par three thirteenth. Which is unbelievable, and Burmy was one of them, and we'll talk about that later. But it, there were some big scores, and some themselves out of contention. But um, it's um, we'll get on to this week's course over in South Africa because it's a very interesting course, one that we haven't seen. Goodwood Golf and Country Club, so that'll be good. Have you so 
do we want to talk about last week in in Kenya or or not? No, not really. No, other than the quick reference. Well, as I talked about in 19th Hole News, it was won by um, Ashen Wu, uh, ranked 158th in the world. So, yeah, I think the only thing I'll say is, obviously, if you look at last week's winners across all the various different tours, you know, we've got uh, Ryan Brown, you know, 282nd in the world rankings. Um, you know, Ashen Wu was, say, 158th. You've got uh, a new young Dane on the scene who's only actually played 28 times, won the chal- on the Challenge Tour, ranked 398th. We are seeing some winners of golf tournaments with significantly high rankings in the world rank. And and that just shows you where the game of golf is at the moment across all tours. And certainly not to get in to talk about the Saudi challenge because we've talked about it plenty enough over the last few weeks. But I think the game of golf is in a good place across all tours. So, yeah, we're here, here. exciting players. Here, here. Here, here. here. Right. Here. Let's move on from last week's golf. Let's talk about... Uh... World of golf, and I know you want to talk about something that's happening. Tonight. Yeah, something that's happening tonight. We will see Tiger Woods being inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. Interestingly enough, being introduced by his daughter Sam at the ceremony. So I, I think that's a really nice touch, isn't it? You know, if you look at um, his son Charlie taking a lot of the limelight with obviously his his travel his journey in the game of golf alongside his dad and you know sometimes the other child can be kind of a little bit in the in the in the background just floating around but I think that's a really nice touch that his daughter's going to be introducing him at the ceremony and I will certainly be tuning in at 11 o'clock UK time tonight to see that but I think that's a a great move and it was always going to come at some point wasn't it um yeah Woods, I won't be tuning in champion 80, 82 times winning on the PGA Tour, it's it's right. Yeah, so I know you won't be. I'll and be I will asleep. fill you in on that. You'll be asleep because you always are. But yeah, it's um, always, even at the wheel. But yeah, Tiger Woods, World Golf Hall of Fame inductee tonight. Not just him. Um, a shout out to Tim Fincham, Susie Maxwell, yep. Marion Hollands are all also getting inducted into the World tonight quite right indeed it's actually located um the world golf village in florida it's a museum building and i think i read a report they get something like three hundred and fifty thousand visitors a year to the um the, the hall of fame museum building but uh, it'd be really interesting to go there I, I didn't actually realize until i kind of read up and you know they, they've got a permanent exhibition center there they have temporary exhibition centers looking at heritage, you know, technique, obviously the players that have been inducted and, you know, some of the, the memorabilia and uh, around those players, you know, a bit more about the organizations of golf, golf course design, um, you know, those things to mention a few and stuff, but more importantly, like you've just pointed out, celebrating men and women um, inductees to the world golf hall of fame. I think that's brilliant. Great. Um, I'd like to go over and, and obviously I want to go and see some golf tournaments over there. Um, this one would be well, when high we play on my sawgrass, list. Yeah, when we play sawgrass one day, that'll happen. We'll go and see that. I'll take you. Okay. And I'll take All you right. to Disneyland as well. Yeah, just to because I know you. You know, you're still a little boy at heart, and you like the rides and and all that lot. I'll even buy you some candy floss. How's that? 
Well, that's all right. We'll probably see Jason Day there, to be honest. I think he might even <laughs> withdraw. What's this thing you've a... got with Jason Day and Florida? Well, that's... Well, that, he withdrew from a tournament one time, <laughs> then he like went to Disneyland or something along those lines. Um, apparently, he was injured, but I, I reckon he just wants to. I think he had a, a special um, VIP to get maybe, on all those roller maybe. coasters. Scream if you want to go faster! But right, so, okay, that's good. I want to talk about a new film that's come. Um, yep. It's called Phantom of the Open. Now, Mark Rylance, you might remember... Mark Rylance from a few films, including, I think it was the BFG. He was in the BFG, was that right? Yeah, BFG. He's been in um, Brute, The Last Planet. Um, what else? Is Bridge of Spies with Paul the Gunman. Night. Great actor. Um, been around the block a few times. But yeah, so Phantom of the Open. So Mark Island stars in this um, amiably daft film about real life golfing eccentric Flickcroft, who gate crashed the British Open in the 70s. The screen by Simon Farnaby. Now, I don't know if you know Simon Farnaby, but or know of him, but he was um, he starred in Mighty Boosh. Do you remember Mighty Boosh? I don't think I've ever seen it, heard it, yeah. With um, no. Oh, stick him in the eyes. Get a snake to see. No, stick him in the eyes. Snake, snake. Fuck, shaka, fuck, shaka. Anyway, that's one of the songs. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a weird one. And it's, so, like I said, based on a true story of Morris Flickcroft, a barrow in furnace, shipyard worker, an amateur who took up the sport in the middle age. Um, Flickcroft practiced on the beach, became known for cheekily entering the British Open Golf Championship in 1976 only four years after you were born, as a self-declared professional, thus circumventing the handicap requirement for amateurs. He found himself competing with the likes of Seve Ballesteros. He chalked up the worst score in the tournament's history. To the spluttering rage of the puce-faced blaze-wearing gentleman in charge, they tried to ban him, but he kept on gate-crashing comp- disguises and fake names now this is you know it's, a, it's a hilarity but it's a true story what a character i'm gonna look for i, I will go and watch this it, it sounds a bit crazy i don't think it's going to do huge figures in the box office but it comes out very soon it's been given great ratings by all the critics um because it is a story that you think is complete and utterly fictional but it is indeed not so hats off tomorrow interesting in the way that some of the ways that you described there is it sounds very much like the way that we are going to try and be getting into the open this year in july you know by forcing <laughs> our way in and yeah it's kind of doing all kinds of crazy shit to try and get a ticket or a place you know it's like, we've already been told by blandy he's going to chuck us out if he sees us in the scuba gear so yeah yeah well anyway. no one wants to see you in scuba gear mate i could tell you that. or lycra <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh, oh my God! If anyone's ever seen um, Little Britain, <laughs> Matt Lucas, <laughs> I want that one. Yeah. Leon <laughs> Andrews, <laughs> oh, right? God. Okay, so that's that's been a bit of good news actually, and good chat about um, what's been going on in the world. Uh, okay, have you got anything else you want to talk about in the world? We head over to the tournaments this week. 
I think the only thing I just want to close out on, bro, is that for the first time since the world rankings came out in 1986, the top five in the current world rankings are all under the age of 30 as a result of Scheffler's win at the weekend. So, yeah, for top five golfers in the world, all under the age of 30. And that just shows you really where the game of golf is at the moment with youth. So, yeah, brilliant to see. Yeah, excellent. And Scotty Scheffler, obviously, is just climbing the world rankings. And if he was to win this week, I believe I read somewhere that he could be one. Yeah, I think it, actually, do you know what? It's really interesting because it is up for grabs, isn't it? I think Rahm has mm. been world number one since June last year, I think it is. Um, yes, yeah, the first time that we could see a change of the guard in the world rankings. And it could be... I think it could be any one of the top four or five, I think. Yeah, so uh, very interesting. Well, let's and I think see Scottish if we get a tournament. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. And I think we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I think Scotty Scheffler, ever since he changed his caddy, has gone on and, you know, gained his first win on the PGA Tour and then successive wins. So, you know, it's all about finding that right mix with the caddy and finding something you're comfortable with. And obviously, they, you know, those two are getting on like a house on fire and, the world is their oyster. Um, so, so let's let's get on. Let's leave um, the players for for last, and let's head over on to Heartbeat Sports, uh, South Africa, just north Joburg, Pekinwood Golf Course for the inaugural My Golf Life Open. Now it's the first leg of a double header in the Rainbow Nation, with the Stain City Championship having also been added to this year's schedule. So we welcome Pekinwood to the European Tour schedule or DP World Tour schedule. And um, what do you know about the course? So um, very little, really, because I think this is the first time that it's actually been played on the PGA Tour. I think they may have had um, one event, the Sunshine Tour and the Big Easy Tour or something a few years ago. So, yeah, not, not a lot that we know other than... Um, the bits that I found out, it's a par 72. The yardage is about just under 7,700 yards. Um, I think we've got also, is it a Jack Nicholas design? I think one of five in South Africa. Yeah, I think. true. Um, yeah, so uh, 4,000 feet above sea level. The uh, Parkland style course was actually the longest in South Africa when it was opened up in 1996. But interestingly enough, I think um, if you look at the Jack Nicholas designs, and I think reportedly this has been kind of based or, or is close to PGA West, which obviously is host course to the Amex on the PGA Tour. But I think, yeah, it's it's a gettable golf course, regardless of the yardage, because obviously with a course being that high above sea level, you can certainly look to take sort of 15% um, off the yardage, I would say normally sort of 10 to 15% at least anyway. But yeah, open fairways, bent grass greens, a lot of bunkers on this course. Um, and I think we'll, yeah, I think we'll see a low scoring event. Probably no, around I think about you're 20 right. under. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, there are, you know, there's been a few quotes um, online that I found. Um, Xander Lombard was one after his um, his practice round the spin actually said it's a very forgiving golf course and scoring will be low. Now, there's plenty of water on the course. It's very generous off the tee, as if you, um, you suggested. Reviews online from, and I always like looking at these for new courses and 
you know, handicappers like ourselves, you know, high handicappers reviewing courses. And there was a 20 handicapper on, on one of the review sites and said, it's not very challenging. Which suggests, <laughs> <laughs> which suggests that these, the <laughs> yeah, these boys could go for this now. So when uh, when we go through our stats and have a look at how we're going to access um, or how are we going to get to our picks for the tournaments? Um, I've gone, OK, comparable courses. What am I looking at? You know, generous fairways and decent greens. And I went through the schedule and I looked came up with um, Meloniras Golf Course, which hosted the Gran Canaria Lopezan Open last year. Okay, yeah. So, so I looked, I looked at that and it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of suggestions uh, based, you know, around my picks week. And I'm looking at stat wise. I'm not guys can bang off the tee and, and what have you. I'm looking at players that have played well there in the past and players that are going to give themselves a lot of birdie opportunities. So that's my approach to this tournament this week. What about you? Yeah, I think in terms of the players that have played well in the past, I mean, you know, I've looked back at the, as I say, the tournaments played on the Sunshine Tour and the Big Easy Tour, and I, I couldn't find much of the quality that we're obviously going to see this week. But from a stat angle, um, I, I've drawn it down into four stat angles, really, what, what I've read of the course. And those stat angles are driving distance because of its, you know, it's fairly open. I think those big hitters could well prevail this week. So driving distance, definitely one. Sand saves, given the heavy bunkering that we're going to see uh, around the course. Uh, putting and strokes gained approach. And that's how I've drawn into my picks this week, looking at those stat angles. Okay, super. Let's get into it then. There's a lot to talk about the players as well. So we want to keep it. So let's get into the picks. And why don't you go first? Okay, right. Well, I'm going to start with one of the favourites. I think the second favourite. Uh, given that it is a wide open course, I think length is going to be important. We know that this Austrian can be long. And if he brings the game this week to, you know, what is, it's not a weak field by any stretch of the imagination, but it's certainly not got a lot of the top world's players there, but Bernd Wiesberger. And I think 20 to 1 is a decent price in the outright market this week. And I've got confidence enough to play Bernd Wiesberger. First pick. Yep. Well, he's a solid pick. And like you said, if he brings his game, especially off the tee, then he'll give himself a lot of chances. Okay. And a Scott, who played quite well. time. Now, he signed for a 66 in the third round. Like, in 72. And I think he finished 26 or top 30. And in, in his own in his own words, said he made too many mistakes in the second round, reflected on his effort in Nairobi. Eagle, three birdies, but a shot level par. But what he did say, which um, which sort of drew me to him, he says, I, he took the course on on the Saturday, hit and driver more times. And and it's that part that I want to because that will come into play. So if he takes that approach to Peak and Wood, and I think at Lopezan, which I mentioned before, and Grand, he shot a 61 and a 62 on the Friday, Saturday. He was averaging 300 off the tee. Um, but he also found himself in the top five of the accuracies. And then, so that's an open course. So this is similar. So I think that all feels good. And his game is in good order. 
And I think he really will relish this style, of course. A top 30 last week, like I said, proves he's he's in good shape and his game's in the right place. And it, it sounds like from his quotes that his head's in the right place. So first pick for me is Connor Syme. Now, what prices are you looking at for him? So at you the can moment? get 75 to 1 in the outright market. Or if you want to mm-hmm. play without Dean Burmester and Bernd Wiesberg, you can get 50 to 1. So choice for you to be made there. Yeah, that's not bad, actually, 50 to 1. You know, those two dangerous players. And I think Connor, yeah, if he has, yeah, okay, 50 to 1. Sounds good. Bernie and Weisberger. So he's my first pick, Connor Sire. Excellent, excellent. Right, okay, my second pick this week is uh, a guy that we've had on this podcast. We obviously like him. We're following his game. He is 49 years of old, and he needs a good tournament this week. In fact, he needs a good few weeks before the cutoff point in order to try and get into the Masters, and that oh. has to be his goal. Come um, on, Bland. And I, and I think 40-1 to 1 for Richard Bland this week is good enough value for what he's done in the UAE. Obviously, he's gone off, he's got refreshed, he's had a holiday in Mauritius, I think it was. And, and yeah, a knee up. And well, he had the knee up before he came back. Obviously, into yeah. uh, into the UAE, played really well in the UAE. Obviously, an early one missed out on that playoff to Hovland. Um, and I think he'd be bouncing. He'll want a good tournament. He loves South Africa. He told us that. He's very good friends with Dean Burmester, so he, you know he's got that South African connection. And I I think he's a big price, forty to one this week. And I'm not even tempted to play him in the without market at 28 to one. Uh, so I'm going to probably be playing him outright five places, quarter of the odds, 40 to one, Richard Bland. Okay, nice. We all love Blandy. Um, good luck with that one. Second <coughs> pick for me is a Polish giants, Adrian Moronk. Um, had a Saturday last week, which put paid to his chances. It was 81, including a nine on that part three that we were talking about before. Saw him slip down the leaderboard, but it was his attitude on the Sunday which pricked my attention. So going from an 81, he shot 65, 60 than the day before. Hits it a long way and has been knocking on for a while now. Top 20 in the Lopezan, where he was number one in shots gained off the tip. Open and generous. Desert Classic and at the Raz Alkaima. And let's not forget his second last Beaten by one shot on the challenge in Marco Siomi, the Simone course, which hosted last year's Italian Open and obviously hosts next year's ride. My second pick is Adrian Maronk. What price are you looking at? 25 to 1 in the outright and 18 to 1 in the without. Nice. Okay. Nice. 18. Okay. 18. Not much of a difference there. But yeah, worth thinking about. And as always, we always say, you know, there are picks. If you guys are interested in taking any of those picks on, then, you know, look for your own prices with different markets out there. So, yeah. Certainly pick, a talented golfer. Talented golfer for sure. I think there's, you know, he's got to get over that kind of, that line of getting that W, hasn't he? Um, yeah. You know, that. and I'm sure it will come um, and maybe on a, you know, a lesser event like this. But yeah, Moronk, yeah. I'm not too sure about the price. I think he's a little bit short, but. Yeah, a bit um, skinny like him. Yeah, but... a little bit. Yeah, t- tall and skinny. Okay, right. Good pick. Third pick for me, um, Englishman. I think, you know, certainly confident with where his game is at the moment. Uh, you know, has had some recent decent finishes 
and I, I think he certainly could come here a, a fairly open golf course and play play some really good golf this week. And I, it was the price that really enticed me. It, it's Fisher Price, <laughs> uh, like it. Or not. But yeah, it, it's Ross Fisher <laughs> at um, sixty six to one in the outright market, or forty to one in the without Dean Burmester and Bern Wiesberger market. So I've got a choice to be made there in terms of whether I want to sacrifice the 26 points but uh ross fisher third play okay i love that fisher price i think that's one of the funniest things you ever said on the on the podcast <laughs> yeah talking about funny right can i just yeah. say something as well did you know that my penis was in the um the guinness book of world records well it was until the librarian <laughs> told me to take it out <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my anyway, let's God! Get on I don't know where you were going with that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> right, yeah, my th- <laughs> my third prick. I mean, pick Did, didn't want to is... put you off your stroke, but yeah, go on, third pick. Yeah, <laughs> is Laurie Cantor, and let's hope he'll be gallant galloping to the finish line. Rather played well when last seen at the Raz Al Khaimah Classic. But it is a worry that we've not seen much of him of late. But let's flip that on its head and suggest his freshness is a plus point. We know he finds a lot of fairways and greens. And when he's hot, he's scorching, like we saw at Wentworth and Rama last year. This is a perfect reintroduction to his season, I believe. And I expect him to be right up there Sunday. Finds a lot of bir- um, birdies. Like I said, it hasn't played a lot of golf. Laurie Cantor, what price are we looking at? So, Laurie Cantor, you can get 40 to 1 in the without market, and I think that's a decent price. Mm. Um, and you can get 28 to 1 in the without. Okay. Well, I think, you know, if he's there, thereabouts. Um, so, I'd probably just play him in the outright, actually, in the place market, five places, or, or try and find maybe an alternative place on the new bet 365 market. But yeah, Laurie Cantor, my third pick. Yeah, he was on my short list, and so it's kind of I'm I'm glad you've come in with him. But yeah, it's it's a decent pick, and he's got the game for a course like this. Right, my fourth and final play this week in South Africa is Frenchman Matthew Pavon, uh, currently 32nd in the DP Tour World Rankings. I think he's been playing well enough of recent to put in a good show. And this 29-year-old from Toulouse can certainly come in because he's got nothing to lose. He can come and win this tournament. So it's Pavon for me, fourth play. Nice. Well, 35, um, what to price one, the- 35 to 1 outright or 25 to 1 in the without market. Super duper. And without further ado, I've saved my best to last. But probably my most obvious. Um, we are the Burmy Army. Burmy Army. And it was a Saturday shambles that ruined his chances because he shot a 76, which included a nine on that troublesome par three. But in fact, he lost nine shots in three consecutive. Ruined it. But he found 18 birdies and one eagle on a course that is nothing like this easier test. Now, we know he hits it a long way. He's very, very strong, consistent off the tip. A lot of chances here at Pekinwood. And I think I think he'll be reeling from that Saturday last week. And he's got a point to prove. This is, you know, one of the best players on the DP 
um, European Tour, World Tour, sorry. And I think he'll um, take a lot of beating this week. Uh, you know, his price is not too bad considering he's, you know, probably the, the best ranked player in the field. 16 to 1 outright. Interesting, you say. His birdie performance last week was phenomenal. Yes, I have Woo-hoo! said it, everybody. I've slipped it in. And, you know, you take those three holes out of the equation. Stop it. Hold on. <laughs> Behave. Broke. It went from slipped it in and then it broke up and just came back with holes. I was like, oh, no. All what, right, where's did it, it going right, with okay. this? Well, let's hope it hasn't broken up on the recording. But anyway, listen, take those three holes away that you talked about in terms of that performance and, and the nine on the par three. He wasn't the only one to do it, so it must have been a difficult par three. But that birdie performance for me shows you probably where his game is at. And yes, on an open, wide, fairway type course. All right, the length, he's got the length and stuff. It, it's, you know, he's favourite for a reason. So I, I think, yeah, 16 to 1 outright. I could even switch and play Wiesberger without Burmester just to take that risk out and lose a couple of points. So I, I think it's a good play. I think it's a strong eight players this week that we've got. And I like that choice. Really is strong. Really is strong. And it could have been easy on a course like this to go for the likes of Adria, uh, Arnaussens, Lombard and Kreuzvik and all those boys that hit it a long, long way. But we've seen in the past, it's not just about that. You have to have finesse. And I think the players that we picked, the eight players, I think they have that and will bring it. Okay, so there are picks. Um, Connor Syme for me, Adrian Moronk, Laurie Cantor and Burmester. And for you? Uh-huh. And for me, it's Wiesberger, Pavon, Bland and Fisher. Beautiful. Right. Without further ado, let's go from you know, South Africa. The weather is beautiful there. It's going to be around about 26 degrees for the entire tournament. No rain in sight. To northeast Florida, to just outside Jacksonville, TPC Sawgrass, where it is absolutely torrential as we speak. The main drive on Disneyland is like a swimming pool. There are play that up to your ankle in water. Um, so the weather doesn't look great. It looks horrendous. And it looks like the Players' Championship, the fifth major, as they call it, for me, could finish on a Monday and could even be a 54-hole tourney. Yeah, that's that's a worry, isn't it? I think um, actually we've been really fortunate on the PGA Tour this year so far to not really have any significant weather events, but it certainly looks like we've got major disruption this week, and that's really disappointing because the players is, you know, probably worthy of major status just outside of the four majors themselves, and it's a tournament that we all love, and you know, it's again the original stadium setup. So, yeah, I'm disappointed that we've got this weather forecast. But the positive to that is we can see weather patterns moving in and out very quickly in Florida. So hopefully that might be the case. But I doubt Okay, it. well, do you know what? About, I don't think we need to talk too much about TP Sawgrass. I think TPC Sawgrass, we don't really need to describe the course. We know so much about it. You know, beautiful, yeah. obviously the iconic 17th hole. Island Green, um, it's it is a spectacle. It's a great course. Lots of trouble out there. Tricky, but getting into how um, I'm going to approach um, getting my picks this me, 
I'm looking at the weather conditions. I'm looking like I look back and it's sort of similar to 2017 edition when it was won by Siwoo Kim. Um, yeah. And in that day, when you look at the leaderboards, a lot of players, you found a lot of greens, you know, long off the tee, but were very consistent back in 2017, finding a lot of fairways, a lot of greens, giving themselves chances. And that's how I'm going to approach it this week with my guys. How are you going to approach the Players' Championship? Yeah, interesting, because, you know, I've tried to look back at tournaments where there have been, you know, significant rain and winds and taken a little bit of that into the equation. But I have also done a little bit of uh, an analysis on last year's players. And I know we haven't got the same weather conditions, but it's interesting in terms of that analysis has drawn me into five particular areas on the stat angle that I'm looking at. And I think bogey avoidance, the, the top one, I, th- I think you, those players that can avoid bogeys and certainly with the conditions that are going to be like they are this week, not just with rain, but obviously we're going to have winds. I think, you know, mm. if we get play on Saturday, they are forecasting 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. Now that could mean that into the par 317th, that iconic par 3 that you talked about, we could see players taking five irons and six irons into that hole this week, depending on which way the wind direction is blowing. And that could be carnage, absolute carnage. So bogey avoidance for me, I think, has to be ranking highly up there. Um, strokes gained approach is another one. T to green as the stat angles. And I know... It's a little bit skewed this week because obviously the forecast weather conditions to not harp on about it, but also par four performance and par five. Now, when I looked at those five angles in particular, it certainly highlighted a few repetitive players up there. The likes of Morikawa struck four of those five angles. Sung Jae Im, four of the five angles. JT, Ram all your top players in the world, your great ball strikers. And I think that this week, they are the angles that we need to look at. They certainly played out strongly in the players last year from those people that were inside the top 10. And that's been my angle this week. And that's what I'm sticking to. No, good. Sounds solid. It's solid. It's really windy. That 27 mile per hour wins at the moment. And apparently Jason Day was seen leaving Disneyland, kicking and screaming because they <laughs> shut, shut one of the roller coasters. But anyway, let's get on to the let's get on to the pick straight away. Okay, you went first last time. I'm going to get straight in there. I'm going the mullet man. I'm going Cam Smith. Now, Cam Smith for me, all right, 17th here last year, which is a marked improvement on his previous visits here. Um, won the century and played okay when last seen at the Genesis. But it's how he's... Um, been hitting the ball this year, you know, 20th on shots gained approaching the green, 19th tee to green, and 23rd shots gained around the green. You know, he's a multiple winner. He's a talent. And I think this challenge with the wind and the conditions and the mindset that you have to have when play will be stopped continuously, I think Cam Smith's got that mindset. So for me, first pick, Cam Smith. What prices are we looking at on the market? So Cam Smith, you can get 33 to 1 in the outright market and you can get 22 to 1 in the without market with three players, which is Ram, JT and Morikawa. So 33 outright, 22 without. Yeah. Okay. Right. Your first 
Right, okay, I'm going straight in with this one. I think it's class personified. I think he's, you know, probably the best ball striker around at the moment, ranked number two in the world. Closing round 66 last year, obviously wasn't in the running for the tournament. Uh, finished on a score of two under when JT won it on 14 under. So obviously 12 shots behind, quick maths. But... Class, as I say, second at the Genesis, also at the CJ Cup, performed very strongly in Dubai, is a ball striker. And I can get 14 to 1 on Colin Morikawa. And I think he's got all of the right attributes this week to prevail in probably what are going to be tough conditions. And the benefit as well is that he, he hasn't had much play here. But that closing round 66 last year shows you that he can play sawgrass. So it's 14 to 1 outright or 12 to 1 in the without market just with Rom. if I'm scared enough of Rom, which this week I am not. So it'll be 14 to 1 outright. Colin Morikawa, first play. Interesting. Okay. No, no, he's well. I, can we get odds on how many times the commentators and Sky Sports are going to say, um, Colin Mokara, the best iron world? It was like, no, you Jesus can't get Christ, odds on that, but it's undeniable. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's decent. And he's, where did he finish last year? Did you say he was two under 12 shots behind the winner, JT? Okay. Nice. Well, it's yeah, he's undoubtedly. I think that's a good price for such a talent. Um, yeah, happy with that. I'm glad you've picked him because yeah, he's gonna be a danger without a shadow of a doubt. Right. Second pick for me is let's hang him up in a museum. It's Lowry. It's Shane Lowry, the big boy. <laughs> uh, do you know what? A brilliant it's gonna be raining cats and dogs this week, isn't it? <laughs> Oh God, yeah, his um his beard will be full of water, but and and fish maybe. Brilliant second at the Honda Classic, and it looks like we have the Lowry of old. The Lowry, which his numbers are strong, and he's finding seventy percent in. Brilliant eighth here last year for the current thirty-six best player in the world, but that's not where he wants to be. We'll play the weather well. He's a grinder. I don't mean on the, the app, on the yeah. social media yeah, app. Got, I yeah. mean, he's a grinder yeah. of the golf course. Yeah, so Shane Lowry, for me, I just feel to somewhere near his best, and it's great to see. What price can we have? So, painting the picture, we have got 35 to 1 in the outright market and 22 again in, in the without market. So, 35s and 22s. Good numbers. Like them. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, do you know, bro, right, most people most people would be shocked to find out I'm not a qualified electrician. Anyway, you'll be shocked by this one, right, which is my second play. So, here we go. You ready? <laughs> I thought there was a penis joke coming. <laughs> oh, no, no, it wasn't as good as that. It wasn't as good as that at all. But this one is a hard play. Um, anyway, it's um, – I'm going to – listen, right. You can say what you want about this, right? Just spit but it out, will you? Dustin Johnson has been up the top of the world rankings for a long, long time. Hmm. He hasn't had a great season so far, all right? He's tied 25th at the Farmers, generally off in 2022. But he was tied 5th here in 2019. Obviously, it wasn't played 20 because of COVID. Um, and he's also had three top 30 finishes here between the years of 2016 and 18. 
But I just got this feeling this week that DJ is just going to come back roaring, right? And at 35 to 1, Dustin Johnson is a massive price in clearly a quality field. But 35 to 1 outright or 22 to 1 in the without market. If I'm scared of Ram, JT and Morikawa, maybe I am because I'm playing Morikawa. But... um, DJ is just too big a price to pass by this week. And you get these occasionally and you look at it and you think, yeah, he's a big price. Big price for a reason because he's not had a good season. But he's a player that can fool you and he could just come roaring back. So I like the second play, Dustin Johnson. No, I like it. It could be a song there, couldn't it? It'd be, hey, Mr. DJ, get your putter hot. You're going to win the players. (laughs) Yeah. No, all right. Okay, let's... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Right, third pick. We're going all the way to the northwest. We're going back to a player that we love. Player that I sung um, and replaced the words of Driftwood. It's Fleetwood's going to win the players. Yeah, he scraped into this event. Skin of his teeth, and he can take advantage of that piece of fortune. His oh, ball did, striking, he? yeah, 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 he that. did. It's, well, his ball striking was pure last week, and that sort of great tied 20th at the difficult Arnold Palmer invitational, as we know. If, right, as I do, we think he's getting back to somewhere near his best, take him to performances at Sawgrass, like we saw his seventh in 2018 and his fifth in 2019. So he has a liking for this track. We know he can handle difficult conditions. And you're going to tell me that number, but it's Tommy Fleetwood, the locks. I've picked I've picked the mullet man and Fleetwood. Pretty much two mullets. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you have. Pretty but good. There you go. So what price have we got for Fleetwood? Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, it's a big price. It's 80 to one. Yeah, Woo! so 80 to 1 Fleetwood outright, 40 to 1 in the without market. So, again, without Ram, JT, and Colin Morikawa. And yeah, I, you know, you've set it up, haven't you? He's got, he's had some good finishes here. And, you know, he's been steady without actually knocking on the door of the W. But yeah, 80 to 1's enticing. Well, I like yeah, I, do you know what? At some point, he's going to come back. You know, players do. You know, we saw Speed come back and Fleetwood's coming back and Hatton's on his way back and Lowry's on his way back. and Oh, everyone's on their way back, apart from Bryson, who's not coming back. But um, yeah, so he's my uh, my third pick. Excellent. Tommy Fleetwood. like it. Tommy Fleetwood. Right. My third pick is still drying his feet from that um, monsoon down at Disneyland, as you say. He's just come back. He's had an all-day ticket. Um, but but He's listen, got a right. ticket to ride. This is also yeah. a little bit of a sentimental play. This one, you know, Jason Day, right? He won here in 2016. He was tied fifth 2018, tied eighth 2019, and a tied 35th last year 2021. Uh, at a tied three at the Farmers which was a good performance for someone who's you know, not played a lot of golf over the last year, but obviously had some sad news with, I think it was his mum passing recently, and he likes it here, and I think he will be raring to get back on that golf course, wanting to you know get a great performance in, 
And we see this kind of bounce back from heartache, don't we, sometimes in the world of sport, not just in golf. But I think Jason Day is a very big price, also at 80 to 1, um, but also big at 66 to 1 in the without market. And that's what I'll be playing this week is I'm going to take Ram, JT and Colin Morikawa out of the equation and play 66 to 1 about Jason Day. Yeah, could he have the bit between his teeth and do it for Mrs. Day? Bless Rest in peace. Yeah, you've seen it. A lot of people have, you know, heartache and issues and they get to the golf course and, you know, just something gives them that impetus to, to go on and, and do And it could be that. You could be right. But I reckon the distraction in Disneyland might be bigger and <laughs> you, <laughs> you might miss the cut. Okay, Jason Day. All right. My fourth and final pick is a guy that suddenly, you know, he dropped out of a bit of form, if honest and he's currently 26 in the greens and regulation stat table it's my um, stat angles for tpc second at pebble and top 30 when we the genesis not played this place well of late but he has had top five here eight years ago it's a speculative hit and we'll be looking at the without market i'm sure here due to his number but it's jordan spieth um you just that Jordan's going to turn up soon. We're getting towards the Masters and he starts getting into his groove at this time of year. And I think, you know, I don't know what, what price is the price. Like I said, it's a speculative hit. I just have a feeling in my water. Jordan's 45 to one, 45 to one outright, 25 to one in the without market. Jordan Spieth, like the play. A lot of people uh, talking up his chances this week. Well, well, there you yep. go. It's um, it's nice to be amongst that chatter. But yeah, four picks there for me. And that leaves one remaining pick. Okay, right. This one you're going to have to guess, right? So I'm going to set it up and you're going to have a guess. And yeah. let's see if you can get it, right? So Okay, I, I want to guess. This gentleman has had uh, top 15 finishes in four Mackenzie Hughes. five tournaments. Shut up. No, right, here we go. So top 15 finishes... Four of the last five tournaments. He has not lost any strokes in the metric of strokes gained off the tee since June 2021, which was at the Travellers. Wow. He wow. has a tied three at the CJ Cup, tied seventh at the Sony, tied ninth at the Honda, tied tenth at the Phoenix, tied twelfth at Pebble Beach and the RSM Classic. And through all of those tournaments has only had one round greater than 72, but has not yet got the W this season. Stat-wise, certainly meeting a lot of mine. He's ranked 16th in ball striking, ranked three strokes gained off the tee. It is not Grant. It is not Phil. Who is it? It's Keith Lemon. <laughs> it's Keith Mitchell. Keith and Mitchell, Keith... sorry, yeah. <laughs> Keith Mitchell, Keith Lemon. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, it's Keith Mitchell and Craig David. Interesting, right? He's 125 mm. to 1 in the without market. And Jason Day is 80 to 1 in in sorry, he's 125 to 1 in the outright market, whereas Jason Day is 80 to 1 in the without market. He's 66 to 1, Keith Mitchell, in the without market, which is the same price as Jason Day. So I think, you know, is that without that everyone form, 
that is without everybody in the field. <laughs> and they're saying he's 66 to one and he still can't it's win. It's a good number. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. I'm changing my pick. No, listen, it's Keith, no, it's Keith Mitchell. And I am going to be playing not the 125 to one, but the 66 to one in the without market. And I think, you know, it's, yes, it could be each way value, but he certainly, you know, the players as well can throw out, you know, a a player that, you know, is is going to turn up, you know, the likes of Siwoo Kim, 2017, Webb mm. Simpson, 2018. It can throw out that random. Um, and, and Keith Mitchell could be that random this week. So I'm going for a little bit more value as opposed to playing safe. Uh, although I don't think I'm playing safe on the PJ Tour other than Morikawa this week. So I've gone a little bit in your camp and I'm, I'm going with a bit of value. So, yeah, you that's my, be fourth, my game. And final play. And final pick. Right. Okay. Well, that wraps up um, the My Golf Life Open, hosted by Pekinwood, Pekinwood Golf and Country Club, and the players, the fifth major, or as in some people have called it lately, the PA yeah. admin um, tournament, um, the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass. So next week, we have got two tournaments, DP World Tour, Stein City Championship, the club at Stein City. So we're staying in South Africa. And over on the PGA Tour, we are at a place where Sam Burns stormed to victory, the Valspar Championship next week on the PGA Tour. So why don't you join us next week for Bros and Birdies, another episode. And you know what? I might have a song. We might have we might have loads going on next week. We could I... have loads going on this next week if we yeah if we can hit the angles definitely. Oh mate, I can feel the juices flowing. Um, it's it. I think I might have just shit myself actually. Right. Well, let's say um, let's leave it then. So that's <laughs> for the, until this time next week. It's goodbye from me, a little bro, and it's goodbye from me, much bigger bro, much much bigger bro. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Good luck this week. Bet sensibly and let's have a winner. Well done. Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, it was good this week. I thought, yeah. I thought we kept it. I think that's quite snappy, actually. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, definitely. I think to not dwell too much on why how you've got to the players is kind of give that, you know, punchiness. Um, yeah, keep it keep it smart and short, I think is probably the way to go. Uh, it's probably still it's probably still an hour podcast really, um, oh, but yeah, that's know. fine. Uh, Fifty minutes maybe. Okay, all right, all right, good. Okay, right. dinner time. That's right, dinner. Yeah. Um, right. you need to I'll let me know. You, you, we need to decide what we're doing because we now don't have any money in the pot. All right, good job. You got plenty in it. All right, fucking so. asshole. <laughs> I'll speak to you later. <laughs> all right, all make right. sure you do the editing. Oh, Craig. Yeah, yeah. I need to do the um. I'll, record the 19th hole news very quickly now and then obviously you can have your dinner and then publish it all okay all right but let me know later what bets we're doing yeah okay all right bye all right ciao ciao